Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 630. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Let's read our passage. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's writing this letter to lift the church up. He's provided doctrinal teaching about salvation for the Gentiles in chapters 1 through 3. And then the second half, chapters 4 through 6, are practical applications of that. He's given some ethical guidelines of how to live. And now he's given guidelines for families. Families are important. Families are God's invention. And God cares about families, that families are healthy. Families do well, and this is meant to provide roles for people within the family. It begins verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. A lot of people push back from this and don't like it because it sounds so, well, sounds so old, so patriarchal, and that we're not in that time anymore. This is, this is 2022 already, so get over this stuff. Well, this, this is Bible. This is timeless. And so it's, who's it addressed to? It's addressed to wives. It's not addressed to husbands and, and telling them, make your wives submit to you. This is something that only the wife can do voluntarily. So this instruction is to the wives. Wives, voluntarily submit yourselves to your husbands. And he adds, as to the Lord. Now, in Colossians, he had similar words, but he said in Colossians, as is fitting in the Lord, which would mean it's appropriate in your following of the Lord that you submit to your husband. Here he says, as to the Lord, it really means the same thing, that part of your obedience to the Lord is submission to the husband. Now, actually, the word submit's not really in here in the original language. It's in verse 21. And so it's naturally carried through. That's basically wives also to your husbands. And they also would be the submit from verse 21. Now back to submit. We don't like submit because it seems like we're giving up our personal autonomy. Well, submit is a matter of roles. As I talked last time when the, we went through the last verse, we said submit to one another. We're called to submit to all the other people in the church were called to submit to the leaders of the church. We're called to submit to the governmental authorities. 
And all those we want to push back because we want to do things our way. We don't like to submit. And if we're really honest, a lot of times we don't like to submit to God. We want to do things our way and we invite God to participate with us and even make things possible that our plan could work. We pray and say, God, here's my plan. Bless my plan and make it work. We don't like it so much to say, well, God, show me your plan and I will modify my own plans and desires to conform with your plan. We don't like that. And so this is more in your face, though, the idea that a wife is to submit to her husband. It's a matter of role. Who is the leader of the family? And he gets in that verse 23, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, is he talking about Christ being the savior of the body of Christ, the church, or the husband being the savior of the wife? I don't think it makes sense that the husband's the savior of the wife. He's talking about Christ here. Christ in his role with the church. And it's more explained down in, in verse 25. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But here it's a matter of role of the husband is appointed by God to be the head of the family. Verse 24. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Now here he gives a pattern of submission. The picture given is how the church submits to Christ. And he says that's the pattern the wife is to follow in submission to the husband. Now, submit means you do everything he says. Regard, no, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean being a slave. What it means is to allow the husband to be the leader of the family, to be the head of the family. Well, what if my husband's not a believer? Well, Paul doesn't address that. He assumes that's the case, but Peter addresses that in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, he says, In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. So his instructions there to a woman married to an unbeliever is, be in submission to your unbelieving husband, and he will see the way you live, see your faith, and that will influence him. Now, too often men like to look at this and say, oh, my wife is supposed to submit to me. Well, the husbands need to read then verses 25 and following. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. So the pattern of love here is that just as Christ loves the church, that's how the husband is to love the wife. And notice the example given. He gave himself for her. That means he died for her. He died for the church. Christ went to the cross to die so that the church, that is the people of the church, could be saved. That was the degree of love that Christ showed for the church. And that's the example the husband's supposed to follow. That's the, the degree of love he's supposed to have for his wife. And so nobody doing that could ever be overbearing on his wife. And so sometimes the fear is, well, if I really submit to my husband, he's going to abuse me and treat me badly. Well, not if he's doing verse 25. 
Well, what if he's not doing verse 25? Well, you're still called to submit as to the Lord. Meaning, you're not supposed to be abused, but you are supposed to allow him to be the head of the family. Husbands, you're called to be the head of the family. And that doesn't mean the head as far as king goes. That means the head as far as the welfare of the family. Now, his example is that Christ died for the church. And his purpose was to make her holy. That is, to make the church holy. Cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. Now, that phrase, washing of water by the word, is, well, it's a little difficult to understand. Now, word here is different than often. Usually, when we see the word word, it's a translation of the Greek word logos. Here is a Greek word rhema which means spoken word. What's he mean there? I think he means the gospel. The, the gospel was primarily spoken. That's how you heard the gospel. You heard the gospel. You didn't read the gospel. You heard the gospel. So I think you could almost put gospel in there instead of word. And washing of water, there's a, some debate over that, but I think he means basically baptism. Now, does that mean baptism saves? No. What he's doing is using baptism almost synonymous with salvation. Because remember, in Paul's mind, it would be unthinkable that you would have believers who had not been baptized. Or people who had been baptized who weren't believers. So baptism is almost synonymous with coming to faith. It's not that you're saved by baptism, but it happens when somebody is saved, they are bad than baptized. And so those who are baptized are those who are saved. So I think he's basically saying cleansing her with salvation through hearing the gospel. Verse 27, he did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. Verse 28, in the same way husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. All right, so in the same way means just the way Christ loved the church and gave himself for her so that the church would be what the church is supposed to be. The church would be people who are forgiven of sin, people who are made holy, that the church would be made appropriate for Christ. That's the way Husbands are to love their wives. So love their wives like Christ loved the church and love your wife as much as you love your own body. He says, no one ever hates his own flesh. Well, he could say, well, there's some people who do. Yeah, yeah, there are some people who hate their body, who abuse their body, who do terrible things to their body. And everybody universally says, that's not right. That's unnatural. That's unhealthy. He's talking here about healthy people. Healthy people take care of their body. You feed it, you clothe it, and care for your own body. He says, just as much as you do that, do that for your wife. Because that's what Christ does for the church. Verse 31. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a quote from Genesis 2.24. And it's a, a reference to sexual union, that when a man and woman come together, in sexual union, they become one flesh. That is, they're joined together in a, a, a very unique way, the way other people are not. 
verse 32. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Now, what's the mystery here? I think the mystery is the comparison of marriage to the church in Christ. That's where we say, yeah, that is a profound mystery. He says, yeah, I'm talking about the church here. So that is a mysterious thing. Verse 33, to sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. I, I love that he says to sum up, because I think you can boil everything he said in verses 22 through 32 in this one verse. Verse 33, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Love and respect. I mentioned this when we went through uh, Colossians. Emerson Egrets wrote a, a really great book called Love and Respect. And it's based on this verse. He says, a, a man's primary need is to feel respected. And a woman's primary need is to feel loved. And that's how you make the marriage work. Is asking the question, does my wife feel loved? What do I need to do to make her feel loved? And the wife asked the question, does my husband feel respected? And what must I do to help him feel respected? And if you both have that attitude, that makes the marriage work. Because you're both looking to fulfill the basic needs of the other. And it's fulfilling the commands of Scripture because it's based on the way God has created us. And, and sometimes there's pushback with this. Many women would say, I won't respect my husband until he deserves it. Well, would you want him to say, I won't love my wife until she deserves it? They're in the same verse here. You're commanded, respect your husband. In our society, you have to earn respect. Love is given freely. But no, that's not the way it says here in the, in the marriage relationship. Each is to be given freely. A woman is to respect her husband, and a man is to love his wife. And you look what that looks like. He explains it above. Loving your wife means giving yourself up for her, putting her first and wanting to do whatever it takes so that she can be all that God wants her to be. And respecting your husband means just that. Uh, encouraging him, respecting him and helping him become all that God wants him to be. This is a mystery. The mystery is the comparing marriage to the church. But God invented both. God invented marriage and said this is the basic pattern for man and woman to be together in marriage. And it becomes the foundation for family. The family is the basic unit of human relationship. And he said, church, that is the, the basic unit of Christian fellowship coming together under Christ to be the people of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.